Peter Drucker, who was one of the great management gurus of the 20th century, once introduced the idea of listener versus reader. Some of us take information in best and written form, others in spoken language. So readers need paper or a screen, listeners a podcast, an audible book or a person talking to them. It's an idea that's not complicated and yet is almost entirely overlooked. Far too few people even know there are readers and listeners and even fewer know which of the two they are themselves. I never really thought about that, but I realized that in my case, I was able to listen to my teachers for a few sentences and then whatever came out of their mouths turned into a blur and I saw the lips moving, but I had zoomed out. It cost me a lot of energy to just listen. Only if they've illustrated something on the chalkboard or I made notes and I was reading them while writing, my brain would stay online. Apparently, I'm a reader and I sometimes wonder if I could have been a much better student if somebody had given me the hint how my brain processes information. Today I want to talk about listening as a skill that is far too underdeveloped in many of us, listeners and readers alike. Stay with me when I share one of the most powerful tools to become a better listener and the grave consequences it can have for a listening skills lack. Welcome to Leadership Bits. Peter Drucker was convinced that few listeners can be made or can make themselves into competent readers and vice versa. Best, he said, is to accept who you are. I agree with the fact that someone with a world-class talent for swimming should not try to become the world's best runner. Improving what nature has given to us is more fruitful than trying to develop something that's just not there in the first place. Nevertheless, I can't sit in a meeting with my boss, my employees, my stakeholders or my customers and ask them to give me a written memo so that I have better access to what they're truly saying. No, I have to listen in the moment. To all those natural listeners out there, the fact that you're hearing my words on this podcast makes it more likely you're a listener, not a reader. But just because you have that preference for listening over reading does not make you a great listener. These are two different things. Let's shift gears and add an important perspective. We are living in a world that suffers from content overload. Every day, 306.4 billion emails are sent and 500 million tweets are made. 350 million pictures are uploaded to Facebook only and on average, 1.7 megabytes of data was created every second by every person in 2020. It is hard to find your way through that jungle. And worst of all, we won't find truth in there. No matter what we are looking for, all opinions are represented at all times. Everything has haters and lovers. The good news is, listeners and readers have enough opportunity to find what they are looking for in the right format. Many turn to podcasts like this one, others read blogs and online news. YouTube is a nice hybrid and the most successful YouTubers are those who appeal to both listeners and readers. They talk while the information is visualized. Pretty neat. Most of our online activities is consumption. It's me, myself and I and my devices. And we spend more and more time in that world. 
It's Sunday morning and my screen time summary of last week just popped up on my iPhone. Two hours and 55 on average per day, just on the iPhone. A weekly total of six hours and 49 of information and reading. I'm a reader. Two hours of productivity and finance. And two hours 13 of social like messages and WhatsApp. I don't know how you feel about this, but it's always pretty shocking for me to see how much time I spend online. When it comes to having a real conversation with another human being, our head is already pretty full from everything else that is going on. In fact, there's so much out there that we will never be able to catch up anyways. And that's a terrible feeling. It's too much. So when I finally turn to a human being, I need to be efficient. Like anticipate the conversation. Did you know that most people formulate their answer in their heads already while the other side is still talking? Without conscious effort, we seek not to truly understand what the other side is really saying. Instead, too often, we're just adding. Like a piece of information or our own perspective. After all, the world seems pretty overcrowded and we want to be seen too. So every time we have the chance, we present ourselves in the best light. But that can be exhausting. So let's slow down at this point. Before we talk about techniques for better active listening, let's look at the situations where it might be appropriate to use that skill. There's conversations, discussions, debates and dialogues. A conversation consists of convivial, casual, friendly talk about personal and social matters. Casual. Active listening is good, but it has low impact in that regard. A discussion is talk that has a purpose, often to make a decision. Discussions may seem unstructured at first as people brainstorm ideas and explore possibilities, but it becomes more and more structured as people choose sides. It may in fact begin to resemble the debate. The debate is an extreme form of discussion in which the format dictates that people take sides and advocate for that side, rebutting points from the other side. They leave no room for compromise or building on others' ideas. The debate is combative and seeks to be victorious. The dialogue is more structured than a conversation, but less structured than a discussion or a debate. The dialogue engages people in building their understanding of an issue without the pressure to make decisions or be right. People inquire into ideas rather than advocate for their own or others' ideas. Dialogue seeks to find a shared connection. It is not concerned with winning or losing, rather it aspires to listen more deeply, understand more fully and build a collective perspective. Sounds like a lot of work and it is. Carl Rogers, one of the innovators in the field of psychotherapy, developed a set of rules for active listening. Every time I prepare myself for a deeper discussion, a conversation or a dialogue, I actually look at the following list and reprogram myself for that moment. Now, while I go through the list in a bit, maybe think of your last deeper conversation or dialogue at work and identify the points that you naturally do and those that, you know, might need some more conscious effort. Number one, use eye contact appropriately. Don't let your eyes wander off in the room and give the other side the impression that you're not listening or don't just stare in their eyes, which can, you know, be very intimidating. Number two, be attentive and alert to the speaker's verbal and nonverbal behavior. Remember, 95% of all communication is nonverbal. Number three, be patient and do not interrupt. Wait for the speaker to finish. I think that speaks for itself. 
Number four, be responsive and use verbal and nonverbal expression. It's okay to do ah, mm, I as positive confirmation that you've heard what the other side was saying. Five, ask questions in a non-threatening tone. Number six, paraphrases. You can restate and summarize what the speaker says in your own words. Number seven, provide constructive verbal and nonverbal feedback. Number eight, be empathic, make an effort to understand the speaker. Number nine, demonstrate interest in the speaker as a person. Number 10, demonstrate a caring attitude and be willing to listen. Number 11, do not criticize, be non-judgmental. Don't use words like good, bad, wrong or right. Number 12, be open-minded. As we go through the list, you probably would have thought active listening is a lot of work and I can tell you it is. You can't do it all day. But imagine we would not always end up in competing over airtime and the best idea, but we would instead work together on one perspective at a time and only move on in the conversation when we truly understand each other. I have that list of 12 points on all of my devices. Just reading them before I head into a conversation puts them fresh into my head and helps me to be a better listener. Not always, but I try. Last but not least, here's what Drucker said about the grave consequences of not knowing whether you are a reader or a listener. From a 2021 perspective, it's a pretty retro example, but nonetheless powerful. In 1963, after JFK was assassinated, Lyndon B. Johnson stepped in. JFK had performed best when he was briefed in writing and had time to digest the material. He assembled a brilliant group of writers as his assistants, making sure that they wrote to him before discussing their memos in person. Johnson was a born listener, gregarious and quick on his feet, Drucker says. There was only one problem, he didn't know it. So after Johnson became president overnight, he kept all of Kennedy's writers as his staff. Drucker states that Johnson never apparently understood one word of what they wrote and despite some major accomplishments, he never fulfilled his presidency's true potential. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe if you want to get notified every time I publish a new episode. Be well, stay safe, wherever you are.